Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. So that I'm not grounded the rest of my life, happy Mother's Day uh, to all the ladies in the house. I'm a smart man. I was born in the morning, but not this morning. All right. So uh, back in 1965, there was this guy named uh, Rain Gunner who was running a sales company, a promotion firm, uh, and he had founded it with his father, and he was working on uh, a concept to help sell shoes. And he began to map out this concept and discovered, in his own mind, he started thinking about it. He was like, man, I think this might be better as a game than as a sales concept. And so he uh, began to work on this, and he turned to one of his company artists, and they sketched out this giant game board, and then they tested it out. They took it into the office. They divided their office employees into two teams, and they put uh, eight people on each team, and they begin to work on this game. And over the course of the day, they begin to realize that they were onto something and they decided to try to name it. And so they called it Pretzel. Uh, and then not long after that, uh, the Milton Bradley Company picked up this game called Pretzel and against uh, the guy that designed its wishes, they changed the name to Twister. Uh, they had a fear that it wasn't going to work because it didn't seem like people could understand it. And so they didn't know if it was going to take off. And then on May the 3rd, 1966, on the Johnny Carson show, uh, Johnny Carson had a special guest on that night by the name of Eva Gabor, who was, uh, for, okay, I'm going to date some of you right now. She was Lisa on Green Acres. And I, on that show, they filmed uh, Johnny Carson and Eva Gabor playing Twister, and the rest is history. It, it had such an impact that in the first uh, year alone, three million copies were sold. And since then, it is conservatively estimated that 65 million people have played Twister at some point. So, so uh, the premise of the game is simple. Do you remember how it works? You spin the spinner and you play. Oh, y'all, some of y'all looking at uh, James. I need your help. Uh, let's see. Come on, Stephen. Yeah, you know, you know. You sit on the front row. You get picked on. Uh, come on, Cl uh, um, Christopher. I need your help. Come on, bro. I'm trying to find. Uh, Tari's going like, I'll kill you. I will. I will. I will kill you if you do. Yeah, he's on, he's from my Red Rover, so I'm gonna give him a break. Who else? I need. I need some. I need somebody bendy. Come on, Gage. I, all right. So y'all pick a. Just I don't care what color. So Christopher, come over here and get on this side. You put. Your your left foot on, we're going to, we're going to, uh, we're Gage, all right, Gage, come over here. Put your left foot on a color. I don't care which color. All right, so you do know the concept, right? I'm going to give you instructions. Lord, help us. I hope our insurance is up to date. All right, here we go. So, um, so the first one is put your right hand on a yellow uh, circle, right hand, yellow circle. Yeah, so uh, here, here, here come the chiropractics, all right. Um, now put your, oh, that's the same, I'm not doing that one, I'm making it hard on y'all. Put your left hand on a red circle. All right, put your right foot on a yellow circle. <laughs> Crisscross, double cross. All right, put your left foot on a green circle. 
<laughs> oh, it's almost over right now. There's one out. All right, I knew it. I knew it. Why is it the oldest guy up here went out first? I don't understand. Um, put your right hand on a green circle. <laughs> put your left hand on a blue circle. Okay, it's all. It's put your right foot on a blue circle. Okay, one more time and then we're going to call them all champions. Put your left foot on a green circle. It's already on. Okay, so they tie. So, we're, we're, so the concept was you kept doing that, right? Thank you, guys. Until everybody but one person fell down, right? So, so the, if you've ever played the game, <laughs> there's going to be sore for days. All right. Uh, if you've ever played the game, you know that what sounds so simple actually can be very difficult. And we began to talk about last week that uh, relationship is about, uh, relationship management is about life management. The single most impacting force that you're going to make decisions about in your life is regarding relationships. And we begin to talk about the fact that you've got to know how to handle your relationships. In fact, Jesus came and, and showed up in our neighborhood. As John tells us, he moved into our neighborhood. He put on flesh, moved into our neighborhood, not just to teach us spiritual things, but he also wanted to teach us how to be relationally smart, relational intelligence, if you will, so we would know how to manage and navigate and work through all the relationships that are existing in our life. And so Twister is the perfect launching pad to talk about relationships. And there are a lot of lessons I could teach you out of Twister. I want to mention two. I'm not going to camp there. just going to mention them. But you do know that if you play Twister, you got to be stretchy. Yeah, if you haven't figured out that in relationships you need to be stretchy, then I, I can't help you this morning. I've been talking to you for weeks about being around people that make you hungry for more, to desire more, stretching you. That's what good relationships do for us. The second thing that you also recognize, uh, probably not as vividly demonstrated as I'd hoped, was that you need to be flexible. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know that you need to be flexible in relationships, then there's only one of two things going on in your life. Number one, you're living under a rock. Or two, you're not married. Um, because those of us that are in that kind of relationship recognize, as all of us really do, that if you're rigid in your relationships all the time, that what takes place is you leave a swath of destruction behind you. Um, people want to talk about that compromise is bad. Not in relationships, not always. You've got to be flexible. You're not always going to get your way. Okay, come on parents, help me out. You're not always going to get your way. And so as I begin to think about that, I discovered uh, what I think is probably the underwriting, the most important attribute to be uh, a, a twister champion, but also to be able to navigate correctly relationships. It, it's good for you to be stretchy. It's good for you to be flexible. But the truth is, you can be stretchy and flexible. But if you're not balanced, you're not going to win at twister. 
and you're not going to win in relationships. And so the number one trait that I think is, is missing in most of our relationship management is simply balance. In Twister and in relationships, you can be pulled in literally hundreds of directions at once. And the problem with that in relationships is that just like in Twister, if you're constantly, which we are, we're constantly being pulled, pulled, pulled. If you don't maintain balance, you will fall. And so I, I, I want us to look at this. For, so let me just give you this little concept right here. For those of you that may not be car buffs, um, you do recognize that in, in the car world that the only way to achieve balance is through alignment. Are y'all with me? If, you're, if your wheels are out of alignment, then you're out of balance and you go down the road doing this. Anybody ever been in a really badly aligned car where like it's pulling, some of you are in it right now. I knew you're in them because you walk into the sanctuary like this. It's because you've been fighting that steering wheel. Though. You're out of alignment, right? And so, so what we want to do is we want to become balanced by becoming aligned. We want to get things in alignment. Jesus, literally on more than one, one occasion, modeled for us balance all the time. And I want to point you to one example. I challenge you this week to go look through, begin to read the Gospels a little differently. We read the Gospels uh, a lot of times from this angle, which we should, that we read it to see what Jesus come, came to do for our souls. And we read it about what he came to do for our bodies. Yes. But I want you to read it just over the next couple of weeks. I want you to read it just a little bit different. Read it about from this concept. What did he do for us in our relationships? Because what you see is that Jesus over and over and over and over and over again was dealing with relationships and he was modeling for us balance. So, I, so I, I want you to go to a particular place. I want you to go to Luke. And I, and I specifically ch chose this one passage out of all the passages I could have chosen. I literally picked this one because in this one very short, it's just like this just little microcosm of his life. We see in one little just passage, we see how aligned he was and how balanced he was. Listen, Luke, Luke chapter 6. Just verse 12 and 13 and verse 17, 18 and 19. Verse 12. One day soon afterwards, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray and he prayed to God all night. And at daybreak, he called together all. Now listen, that's all. That's not what we, listen, he called all of his disciples because in our mind we go 12, but listen to what it says. He called all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. Right Now, verse 17, when they came down from the mountain, the disciples stood with Jesus on a large level area surrounded by many of his followers and by the crowds. And there were people from all over Judea and from Jerusalem and as far north as the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. And they came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those troubled by evil spirits were healed. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him and he healed Everyone. You say, well, that, that doesn't say not, not a, a, a stinking thing about relationships and balance. Oh, yes, it does. I want you to think about this. Notice the alignment here. He spends time in solitude with God. He names 12 from all the other disciples that were following him. He hand selects 12 and he calls them to be close to him. In fact, John chapter 15 says that there's this transition that takes place. He calls them to be close to him. And then in John chapter 15, it says this. And he looks at them and he says, you're no longer, I no longer call you my servants. 
I call you 12 my friends. And then, almost in the very next breath, he's called these 12 to be close to him. Uh, Just a few verses later, we see Jesus surrounded by a massive group of people who need to be healed and who need to be set free. Here it is, to win, to navigate, to manage, to have relationship intelligence. You're going to have to manage your time and your energy correctly between and properly and balanced between isolation, friends, and assignments. And if you get any of those out of balance, you will struggle. Okay, I can't get no help. Uh, uh, If you are out of alignment in any one of those three areas, most likely you're going to struggle in every area of your life. Because some of y'all, I almost got mean. Because what I was going to say is some of y'all spending all your time with God and you're great with him, but you can't get along with nobody else. So, 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 so let me help you. We're going to talk about being balanced. We want you to mix this together in balance because I want, you to, I want you to see what happens out of Jesus's life. He's our model, right? He is so in balance that, that, that the result of that balance is freedom and healing for everybody that came in contact with him. Okay, so here it is. Number one, we've got to learn to deal with isolation. Most of us in this room do not like, nor do we practice Jesus-modeled isolation. In fact, most of us in this room seem to avoid alone time at all costs because we recognize that it is in that alone time that we have to face us and we have to face God. Okay, so Jesus knew that time in isolation, which we know from Scripture, you can, I told you to read the gospel, go read it. It says it was his common practice. On a regular basis, he would go spend time all by himself, knowing that when he got there, he wasn't really all by himself. Because when he got into isolation, what he discovered was that he was, he was, he was establishing a consistent relationship with his father. Some of us struggle to have healthy relationships with others because we won't take the necessary time to get alone with ourselves and with God so that we can deal with our issues. And since we avoid isolation, some of y'all can't even be alone in your own car. As soon as you walk out of this house today, many of you, although you've been surrounded by masses, will walk into your, your automobile, you'll sit down, and the first thing you'll do is crank the radio up. And what happens is this, we allow the voices of others to drown out the still small voice of God that you can only hear effectively when you get alone with him. And so we, we, we won't let him deal. So, so, so now what has happened is those, all those other voices distract us and then that causes us not to have to take any hard looks at us. So the, so, so the problem is, is if that if you don't remain in isolation in a balanced amount of time, because some of y'all need to come out of isolation. Some of you watching online need to come out of isolation because you're not called to do this all by yourself. There's a healthy balance here. But because we don't spend enough time alone with God, then we simp- this is what we do. We simply carry us and all of our issues that are unresolved because we didn't spend any time alone with God into all of our other relationships. Okay, so I need to remind you 
that it was in isolation that Moses had all of his insecurities laid bare before God. I want to remind you this morning that it was in isolation that Jacob had all of his trickiness and all of his selfishness revealed. I need to remind you this morning that it was in isolation that, that Gideon had to face his less than self-image. I need to remind you this morning that it was in isolation that Jonah was confronted with his rebellion and with his anger with God. It was in isolation that Jesus set his face like flint for the cross, all accomplished in alone time. It's in isolation that we are forced to face us and we are forced to find strength that isn't from us. We need those moments when we pull away and we deal with us by having face-to-face encounters with God. We want you to show up here on Sunday morning and encounter God. That's part of our vision. That's part of our mandate. But let me tell you something. The most significant encounters with God that you will ever have is when you're all by yourself and you're face-to-face with him. And it's not somebody else saying, I need help. And it's not somebody else saying, it's me standing in the need of prayer. And it's not somebody else's issues being dealt with. And I'm just praying for everybody else. When you're alone with God, he will deal with you. We need to balance isolation, quiet moments. Bonhoeffer said it like this. He said, beware of the brother who cannot be alone. Uh, Another author says this. He says, there was a time not so long ago when solitude and silence were available to people by the normal conditions of everyday life. I mean, you're out plowing a field with a donkey or an oxen. You are all by yourself. He said, but now, not, not any longer. In our day, we have to choose solitude and silence and plan our lives accordingly. Another guy said this. He said, it is in deep solitude that I find the gentleness with which I can truly love others. Solitude and silence teach me to love others for what they are, not for what they say. If we don't need some solitude in a Facebook world, (laughs) because we begin to believe everything people say But it's in solitude that we begin to see. In other words, it's through solitude that there comes a new freedom to be with other people. So you can't can't be healthy around others if you won't spend some time alone with God. How much time, we're talking a balance here. How much time out of 24 hours a day do you spend alone with God? How much balance in your life do you have? How much, how many minutes out of a day? Go do the math. I guarantee you, you're out of balance because I'm out of balance. I don't spend enough time alone with him. Do you always have to be around somebody? Do you always have to have noise? Could it be that you're running from you? You gotta get alone. Because this is what happens. Jesus would go off into the mountaintops. We, when we went to Israel, we went to uh, one of my favorite stops is Mount Arbel. We climbed it and we're at the top. And probably that's where Jesus went to pray when he was praying over Jerusalem in that area. And, and, and uh, to, to see the fact that he would isolate himself. And what would happen is this. He would, he would do that and out of solitude, Jesus models. Check, I'm, I'm saying it like this on purpose. Out of solitude. Jesus modeled, listen to this, community. Out of the balance he achieved by being alone, 
he was able to model for us community. Bonhoeffer went on and he says this. He says, let him who cannot be alone beware of community. Let him who is not in community be aware, beware of being alone. Each by itself has profound pitfalls and perils. One who wants fellowship without solitude plunges into a void of words and feelings. And one who seeks solitude without fellowship perishes in the abyss of vanity, self-infatuation, and despair. If you're always by yourself, if you're not balanced and you're always isolated, don't want to be around by anybody else, I just want to hang out, just, just little old me, then you will be filled with despair. Jesus balanced his life and went and spent isolated moments so that he could handle community properly. So it requires balance. I want you to show, show, show you what happens here. So I want to make this statement then. I'm going to explain. We all need friends and we all have assignments. Okay, we're talking about alignment here. We're talking about making sure we're balanced. To be balanced, you've got to align properly. So because social media has hijacked the word friend, I think what happens is a lot of us are unbalanced because in reality, we don't have as many true friends as we think we actually do. Yeah, so too many of us have, have a friend list, but the truth is, is those folks are really acquaintances at best or assignments at worst. And if you can't align or assign properly, then you're going to be out of alignment and you're going to get your life messed up. So, so I want to help you quickly because I, I just need to say this to you. I'm saying this in all, all love and humility, but I'm, I'm right, so I'm going to say it. This idea or concept that you only need Jesus is not even biblical. Jesus had Jesus. Come on, let that sink in. Jesus had Jesus. And Jesus surrounded himself with men that he called friends. If Jesus needs friends, I ain't talking about no Facebook friends. I'm talking about if he had friend friends. Friend, 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 friends. Friends, if he had friends, then you need a friend. You need Jesus with skin on. We got to have people to do life with. I just want to tell you the truth. Lone rangers die a lonely death. You got to be around some folks that know you. Now, there is a difference between a friend and an assignment. I'm going to help you. I want to tell you who you should be friends with. See, friends have to earn the right to be friends. So well, that ain't biblical. Yes, it is. Jesus calls them as his disciples, and then a period of time later, after that, those 12, somehow, some way, had proven themselves as worthy. He, he says, now you're no longer my servant. You're my friend. Here, here, here they are quickly, because I just want to help you this morning. We earn the right to be called friends by having these traits. These are, the, these are the traits you should look for. I'm just telling you right now, everybody that roots for you is not your friend. Some of y'all sitting next to some folks right now, you really think they're your friend, they're they, they may be in an acquaintance. They may be in an assignment. Or maybe you're their assignment. But they're not really friends. Here they are. Here are the trait. Number one, they need to have good character. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, it says that bad character rubs off. Ha! I don't like to talk about that. But bad character rubs off. You are who you hang around most of the time. If you spend enough time around them, you start taking on their traits. So why don't we find some folks that have some good character and let their good character rub off on us? You need some friends that have some good character. 
Y'all got plenty, got some bad character. You need to go find somebody that got some good character. Because it'll rub off. You need to find people that are loyal in love. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17 tells us that a friend loves at all times. Listen to this. And a brother is born for adversity. In other words, a friend is someone who loves you even in the tough and less than ideal times. He, he literally says that a brother is born for adversity. So, so let me help you. If the, you got people surrounding you when everything is like, like, like good, like it's, like it's coming up roses and you, the bank account is full and life is perfect, and then when you start going through a little rough patch, you can't find them anywhere. They ain't no friend. Because a friend, a true friend, a brother is born for your rough moments, for your painful moments, for your less than ideal moments, for your moments that you don't want to let anybody else see. Your friend will stick around and say, I got you, bro. I got your back. I know it's not what you want it to be right now, but I believe in you and I'm here for you and I'll walk through this with you. A real friend is loyal in love. That doesn't mean they won't have a bad day. Ask Peter. But they won't have a bad heart. You got to figure out the difference. Because if they're, if they're not there during the rough times, then you need to make sure that they, that they recognize that, 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 that they're not quite... I can't, I can't give you full access right now. Because I need you when it goes wrong. If you don't think that's true, then you just ain't been through nothing yet. Some of us going through some stuff right now. And real friends stick. They don't get tired of carrying our problems. Okay, okay, okay. They're willing to hurt you to help you. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 6 says this. The wounds from a friend can be trusted. Wounds from a friend... We don't think about friendship like that in this day and age. We want people in our lives that won't ever hurt us. Just let me do what I want to do and you don't say nothing. Let me, let me drink myself to oblivion and don't say nothing. Let, let me spend all my money and, and bankrupt myself. Don't you say nothing because you're my friend. Let me break every relationship, make stupid decisions, make idiotic choices in my life. But don't say nothing because you can't tell me what to do, but I want you to be my friend. I'm sorry, but friends, a real friend will hurt you to help you because it says a wound from a friend can be trusted. They believe in you so much and they want what's best for you so much that they'll take the chance and they'll step up. A true friend will not watch you destroy you. He goes on and he says an enemy multiplies kisses. If all they do is tell you you're okay, all they do is tell you everything's all right and you're destroying yourself, they're no friend. And it's quiet up in they, they, they are reliable. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. I think, I, I, I think, I think this is a, a powerful verse of scripture. Solomon says, he says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. Now here's the part we know about the, from this verse. Most of you can quote this verse. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And we have grabbed that verse of scripture. And I think we may be right. That probably Solomon was prophetically speaking about Jesus, right? I don't have any issue with that. But I just have to wonder, I just came to the stop as I was reading that verse over and over again this week. Could it be that Solomon had located a friend and was making a declaration 
prophetically, yes, about Jesus, but maybe in the flesh he had located a friend and discovered that he had found somebody that was willing to stick closer to him than any of his brothers had. Who's your one? Who you got? Who's got you? A true friend will stick closer to, to you than a brother. You need somebody like that. The friend, listen, listen to this statement. The friends in our lives help us. They help fix us. Anybody ever had a real friend fix you? Okay, most of you. So to be balanced, we need friends. But I also want you to notice this. Because we're talking about alignment. We're talking about balance. I need, remember, we're talking in the space of just a few verses of Scripture. We watch Jesus come out of solitude a long time. He comes in and gets his 12 friends. And then just a few verses later, what we see is this. Now Jesus is surrounded by masses. He now interacts with his assignments. Jesus spends time with folks, listen, here, see the difference, who need to be fixed. Y'all missed it? I just said, friends, help us fix us. Now Jesus begins to operate out of the balance of his alone time and that time with his friends. He now comes into this moment now where he's dealing with his assignments. He's with people who need to be fixed. Okay, stay with me. Our main issue is this. If we are not careful, we confuse our assignments and call them friends. Now, please, don't, don't misunderstand. I am not even saying that a, an assignment can't make progress in your life and eventually become a friend. I'm not saying that because I've seen it happen. But we're talking about balance. To be aligned properly, you must assign properly. Okay, stay with me. Here's the deal. Assignments love our gift. They don't necessarily love us. I'll be back after a while. Our assignments love our gift, but they don't necessarily love us. Can I just tell you this morning that everybody Jesus healed on that day didn't necessarily desire, wish for, pursue a deeper relationship with him. All they wanted was their issue fixed. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with the fact that some people want to be around you because of this simple fact. You help them. In fact, that is one of the ways we spot the assignments in our life. Here it is. If you need help spotting your assignment, let me just help you right now. He, these people are your assignments. They're not necessarily your friends. Here is, this is how you do it. You need to know how to spot them. I'm getting ready to help you right now. You spot them like this. They will want and need your help and they will listen to your voice. Jesus was assigned to the masses that gathered because they needed his help and they were willing to listen to his voice. But oh, by the way, just because they need your help doesn't always mean they'll take your help. Just need to help you there. Yeah, yeah. So here's the danger. If you mistake their desire for help 
and their willingness to listen to your voice as an indication that they are a true friend, then all you, you, you will discover that it will produce pain in your life and produce frustration in their life. We all have assignments. Hear me this morning. Everybody under the sound of my voice, without exception, you have assignments from God in your life. That's called living on purpose. That's called fulfilling your destiny. That's called helping others, discipling others. You just have to stay balanced here because you cannot confuse the two or you will give your life to people that you were only supposed to give your gift to. And the reason some of you are having relationship issues is simply because you have an assignment out of alignment. And it is causing friction. And an assignment will most, will most likely, here it is, they will, because I talked to you about what friends do, an assignment will most likely not be able to handle your issues. They will love your wisdom. They will love your insight. They will love your anointing. But they can't handle your bad day. And so therefore, if you expect them to do that, they're going to be entirely disappointed and you're going to be frustrated because here's what happens. I'm just trying to help you. You don't have to believe me if you don't want to. I'm just telling you out of experience, this is what happens. You can tell an assignment because once they get what they need from you, they disappear. You want to spot an assignment? Tell them no. I can tell my friends no all day long. That's how I know I got friends in this church. You're supposed to have friends in the church. You're the pastor. I got friends in this church because I got some folks in here I've told no before. Do this. No. Wear a suit on Sunday. No. (laughs) Preach, preach like calm. No. That's how I know they're my friends because they stick around. It's the ones that come up in here. Nothing wrong with it. And they get what they need. I can always tell because as soon as they need something and I discern, ooh, I go to the finance team and I say, man, they've been to us 900 times and, and, and they've just bought the latest iPhone for $900 but they can't pay their light bill and now they're asking us to pay their light bill and we go to them because we're called to steward what God has given us and we say No. Hit the road, Jack. Don't come back because it's the, they ain't here no more, no more, no more. They like my preaching as long as I was paying their light bill. We'll help you with your light bill, by the way. If you're doing what God's called you to do and being faithful. And we've proven it over and over again. We just ain't helping the folks that walk in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Y'all don't even know. So here it is, and then I'll get out your way. Balance is key. You need time alone. You need time and the safety of friends. Why? You need that because out of that it produces a health in you so that you can deal and impact and influence and change and bring healing to your assignments. And if you don't get that balance correctly, you will never be able to produce health in your assignments. So I'm challenging you to examine your balance this morning. Let me ask you some questions. Let me ask them. I'm challenging you. Are you spending enough time and energy in all three areas? 
Do you have relationships out of alignment because you've assigned them incorrectly? If Twister is one by maintaining your balance, then I'm telling you this morning, your relationships are one, managed, navigated wisely by, by being in balance in every area. Spend time alone. You're going to have to fight for it. I have to fight for it. Turn the radio off. Turn the TV off. Log out of Facebook just for a little while. Get alone with God so that he can deal with you. Then come out of that alone time and find you some true blue, die, die, ride or die. I'm with you to the end, friends, and let them do life together better with you. Let them handle all your problems. Let them hear all your concerns. Let them be with you when you're winning victories. Let them cry with you when you feel defeated. Surround yourself with some true blue friends that stick closer to the brother than a brother will. Let them get up in your life and in your business and let them produce health in you so then, then you can walk out and be surrounded by those jokers at work whose lives are all messed up that really don't want to be your friends but they need you and they're willing to listen to you and all of a sudden out of balance you walk into their lives and you say if you'd fix this you'd be fixed if you'd fix this you'd be straight don't get it twisted if you'd fix this your life would be better and they listen to you and then they leave that's okay because you'll come out because you've got you've got a group that you can go back to to get what you need balance your life is for the few your ministry is for the masses Jesus modeled this for us. We watch him completely surrounded by people all the time. But let's not get this twisted. He spent most of his time with three. And then he spent another allotment of time with 12. And then according to what I read in that verse, that's not even all of his disciples. He spent time with some more disciples. And out of that, he could give what he needed to give to the masses some of you are struggling in your relationships because you're out of balance I'm asking you this week get it right figure out who is a friend figure out who's an assignment so that you can be healthy in relationship Father I pray this morning that you would speak to us We need help because most of us don't spend enough alone time, quiet time with you. And Father, we recognize, we admit this morning that, the, that one of the, the schemes of the enemy in this day and age is to drown your voice out with all the noise. I'm asking you this morning, Father, to help us to make a recommitment in this moment, in this moment. We would make a commitment to spending a balanced amount of time alone with you. With no other outside voice trying to get our attention and distract us, let us get alone with you. Let us fight for that. Let it become like a life or death moment for us. Let it become a practice. Let it become a discipline. Let it become a daily routine that we spend quality time alone with you so that we can hear your voice. And God, I pray that you'd surround us in our life with some friends. God, if there's anybody in this room or watching online that feels like their life is out of balance because all they have is isolation, 
they don't know if they really have a true friend. I pray, this is my prayer. I pray a miracle would happen over the course of the next few weeks and months. You would literally send people to them that are true friends. Ride or die. A lifer. Someone that will be there during the good times and also be there during the rough heartache, brokenness times. People that won't just come cry at my funeral, but will cry with me as I go through bad things every day. People that won't stand up at my funeral and say good things about me, but never talk to me during my day. Send, send us real friends, real friends that we can do life with. And God, I pray that you'd help us in this moment to properly assign so that we can be properly aligned. And God, I, help, I ask you to help us in this moment to recognize the assignments of our life so that we don't miss understand we don't we don't confuse we don't put expectations on our assignments that they're not even intended to meet some of us God we're, we're frustrated because we're expecting them to act like friends they're not friends they're assignments and you've sent us to them and we want to be able to healthily speak into their life and give them what they need but help us not to confuse Help us to be balanced, I pray. In Jesus' name. Would you do this? Anybody in the room, and my hands up first, would say, I need balance in my life. Would you just raise your hand? I just want to see. I thought so. God, see our hands, but more importantly, see our hearts. Help us to figure this thing out. This week, the coming months, for your glory and your honor, we ask you to do this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Would you touch your neighbor right now and say, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. Get it balanced. So as we transition here, I want to do this. Last week, I'll do this, I think. As you leave today, you're going to get one of these little armbands. They came in. They say on the wall, for some of you don't have a clue what we're talking about but about five weeks ago I called out of Isaiah chapter 62 verse 6 and 7 for the watchmen to get on wall prayer warriors to get on the wall and to pray with no rest and then we begin to pray at 535 we're praying for Danny Nix's healing we need people to pray um, <clears throat> that list is growing by the way and so as a visible reminder, I need you to get one. You're going to be handed one of these on the way out. I want you to put it on. I want you to wear it. And at 535 in the morning or 535 in the evening, whichever works for you, maybe both, I want you to get on the wall and pray. We're praying for Danny Nix's healing. We're praying for Charlie Leggett. We're praying for Linda Magby, who has cancer. We're praying for Julie, who was diagnosed with cancer this week. We're praying for... Um, uh, Teresa McPeak, who is facing back surgery. We're, facing, uh, we're praying for um, the Paddock baby who just recently had surgery. She's doing well, but she needs our prayer. Am I missing anybody? No, I, the, Jason is in, he's doing great. He's recovering from his surgery this week. We just keep praying for him, but our list just continues to seem to, to multiply, but that's okay because I felt it this morning when we sang. All things <laughs> are possible. All things. And, uh, Mike McPeak sent me a word this week. 
that he'd gotten from the, the Lord in his 5.30. He's crazy. He prays at 5.35 in the morning. He's radical. And he said that the Lord spoke to him. said, this is going to be a house of miracles. Literally a house of healing. So we're going to believe for it. So Father, we get on the wall. Let this little armband bug us. I pray that it would bug us as we're driving down the road. When we put our hand up with this band, it doesn't have to be 535. We claim Isaiah 53, 5 now that by your stripes, Jesus, cancer is no match. Yeah, heart issues are no match. Back issues, no match for you. All things are possible to him that believes. And we put all of our trust. We've discovered that you're a friend that sticks closer than any brother. You're ride or die. You've been with us from the beginning. You bring everything to an end. You're our, fish, our finisher. You, you always complete. And we put all of our trust, all of our faith, all of our hope in you. And so together... As a body, we believe, we get on the wall, we pray, we seek your face for your kingdom's sake, for your glory's sake. In Jesus' name, amen. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.